You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast. We are your hosts, Evie McLeod and Lindsay Roman. Welcome to the show, friend. Hit that subscribe button and be notified every time we drop a new episode every Tuesday and Thursday. We are rocking twice a week over here and we do not come to mess around. Today, you have a treat of an episode. Let me tell you, this girl is just literally one of our favorites. She is our marketing gal for the Heart University. Her team, Malibu Media, handles literally all the behind the scenes of the marketing in our business. And this woman is just the marketing queen of all marketing queens. Allie Cyrus. She used to be called Allie Williams before she got married earlier this year. Hey, she was on episode 113 where she gave an entire blueprint for your Instagram content strategy. And even we were sitting there asking ourselves, how is this episode free? So you know, she's good. You know that we got some goods coming your way. (laughs) A little bit about Allie. She was raised in small town, Kentucky and got her start in marketing with sports marketing and working for Coca-Cola. After feeling called higher, she fundraised her way to a residential entrepreneurship program in Silicon Valley when she was just 23. And since she has started multiple companies, worked in ministry at Propel Women and Christine Kane Ministries, and is a nationally recognized digital strategist with her agency, Malibu Media. She's a business mentor and a podcast host focused on cultivating transformation in the lives of women ready for more in life, faith, and business. Like, does that sound like our girl or does that sound like our girl? Okay. Today, Allie did not come to play on this episode and just dropped fire for all our entrepreneurs on things like market it, 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 it would just, she just dived deep. Like, whoo, we start off with a 10,000 foot view perspective. And then Allie gives us one of the most pinpointed and easy to understand definitions of marketing that will probably make your jaw drop and just a million ideas explode in your brain on what to do in your business. Then she discusses some of the biggest mistakes that she sees entrepreneurs making in their marketing and how to avoid and fix them in your own business. And as if that weren't enough, we then dove even deeper and more tactical by walking through how to know exactly where to focus your time and energy in your marketing right now. Because let's be real, like there are a million and one opportunities or must do options facing you today, right? Like how do you narrow down those and focus on what's actually right for you in your business and for your customers? Allie gives tangible steps on how product shop owners can handle customers abandoning carts and how service-based owners can stop getting ghosted. Like girlfriend goes deep on both of those. She also covered how to identify your ideal customer. So you know exactly who you're talking to and so much more. Like I I can't even express how packed this episode is. It's actually unreal. And then as if that were all enough, like the last 10 minutes of the episode, we asked Allie, what is the best and worst part of working for us in the Hart University? Uh, And uh, tea was spilled. It's hysterical. It's basically like a 10 minute bash Lindsay's. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's, but it's okay. Just, you'll have to wait. You'll have to wait. Anyways, this is definitely an episode to take notes on. So grab a notebook and let's welcome Allie onto the show. You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast with Evie Rupp and Lindsay Roman, two photographers turned entrepreneurs and founders of the Heart University. If you're a creative entrepreneur or a motivated dreamer wanting to make the most of your life, this podcast is for you. Each week, Evie and Lindsay bring you actionable tools to uplevel your business and life. So if you're ready to step up to the plate and pursue your God-given potential, you're in the right place. You're ready to live your life and run your business to its fullest? Then buckle up, because here are your hosts, Evie and Lindsay. Allie, hello. Welcome back to the show, friend. Wow, I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> oh my gosh. So it feels weird to talk to you on a podcast episode because we talk to you like almost daily. Yeah, I, absolutely. I was about to say, I feel like we need to warn our audience, like our listeners right now, that uh, this might be a very free flowing. Yeah. (laughs) You never know what tangents will go down. (laughs) It is so true. It'll be good though. So everybody buckle up. Yes. It's going to be meaty. To give anybody some background information, um, Allie Williams, but now Cyrus, because she got married. Hey, (laughs) um, she is our, uh, marketing lady. Uh, and my husband, Andrew calls her loft lady because the one call that I was on with her, like at the, like a year and a half ago, she was literally like living in a lot. That's a long story. It's neither here nor there, but now he's, she's forever dictated in Andrew's mind as loft lady. Also because we have another Allie on our team, but anyways, basically Allie's like does marketing for the heart, her team on Malibu yes. Media. So we are like deep. We talk every day. So that just kind of, that's our, where our girl chat is coming from. Yes. And Allie is like one of the most brilliant marketing minds that we know. And we had her on the podcast uh, on episode 113, where 
Allie, you basically gave like a free coaching call on content strategy and it was so good. (laughs) So um, if anyone missed that, go back, go listen to that. But Allie, for anyone who maybe is listening to this who hasn't heard the episode or it's been a long time and they don't remember like you and who you are, do you want to kind of give a little intro to Allie Cyrus? Absolutely. Okay. So you can call me marketing lady. You can call me loft lady. I really will respond to whatever. Ali works too. Um, and yeah, so I own a media agency called Malibu Media. We get to work alongside these two brilliant women and we love the heart so much. You guys are just amazing. Every single one of your listeners, students, everyone, we are obsessed with you guys. And um, we just love what we do. We really like to scale businesses. I've scaled multiple businesses to one was 1 million. And then there, well, it was multiple millions, but then the rest have been multiple six figures. Um, It all really comes down to like brand identity, understanding, you know, levels of marketing, and then really just trusting the process. So we're going to talk about like really big picture today, and then we'll bring it granular. So is that the right way to say the word granular, granular, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. Good. That <laughs> I'm like illiterate on this podcast, so you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, we'll we'll bring it, you know, high, we'll bring it low, uh, and we'll go all the marketing places. So I'm super pumped. Ooh, uh, all right. Grab a pen and paper if you don't have one already, and let's we're, <laughs> let's dive in. We are stoked out of our mind. Okay, first question, because like because we're starting high granular, no, not granular, high bird's eye view. Can you actually just define what marketing means? And that might seem like, okay, Lindsay, don't, that's stupid. No, listener who's thinking that we're starting high and we're going low because like, what is Ali, what does marketing mean? Like, what do we even mean when we say marketing? Like when we're talking about small business? Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. Okay, so for background too, you guys should know, like I started at Coca-Cola, I moved into startup world and then I moved into like agency world education and brick and mortar. So like I, this will speak to anyone in any type of business pretty much. Um, but this is true at the very, very top and at the very, very bottom, um, marketing is creative and charismatic leadership that helps someone find the solution they are consciously or subconsciously seeking. It is like sales with a heartbeat in motion and it helps people decide this is for me or this isn't. And that is it. Oh, that is good. What did you just say? Sales with a heartbeat? Yeah. Sales with a heartbeat. Cause that's the thing. Sale. If your marketing is killer, your sales is easy or easy. You know, it's like Uh if you hire hard, your team is powerful, right? If you market well, your sales are like butter baby. And so that's how I want you guys to think about it while we're going through this. Um, but it really is. It's, it's the heartbeat of your brand. Okay. So then I want to ask you, because that definition is freaking good. But I feel like that is not the definition that a lot of people fully grasp, especially if, oh, hell, I I almost was going to say if you don't have any like training in marketing, but then I'm also like, no, no, no. I feel like there are people with more like corporate, I don't know what you would call it, traditional educations in marketing who would also not fully grasp that definition. So what would you say is one of the biggest mistakes that you see entrepreneurs making with their marketing? Okay. I love this. So I, I literally, I have three, possibly four. Um, the first thing is your social media is not marketing. It is a subset of marketing. Marketing is a very large thing. Marketing, you know, encapsulates communication in any way that your ideal customer or unideal customer is encountering you and your brand right? So like social media is a very little piece and we'll get more into that. But that is one thing I think a lot of people in this generation that we sit in, um, we just think like, Hey, the free thing that's right here that everyone I know is on equals marketing when it's really not, there's so many ways that you can market well. Um, so that's the first one I would say the second, like, num- I don't know, this is probably number one, Um, the second mistake I see people make is like trying to do everything. So we all have our own flavors of communication and leadership. And we are each like crafted so uniquely on purpose. So your unique flavor is perfect for someone else out there. And it's really up to you to share it so they can figure out if you are like 
for them. And if your taste is their taste and you need to keep in mind, like others won't like your flavor and that's on purpose. That's the point. Um, but I see so many people try and do everything and be everything and be what people want them to be, which kind of negates that purpose of marketing. It negates the heartbeat. It negates the identity. So I would say that's the second. Um, and then the, the third is staying in like this testing phase. So in the beginning of marketing and communication, it, you can kind of think of it like about dating in the beginning of like when you're just going on random dates, like you're just throwing spaghetti against the wall, seeing what you like, seeing who you connect with. Um, and then, you know, you start to figure that out date after date. And then you probably, you know, have a specific um, type of person you're looking for as you learn what you connect well with. It's really similar with marketing, but I see a lot of people stay in that like spaghetti against the wall. I'll just go on any day, right? I'll just post whatever and kind of see what happens when really like that beginning action gives you data. And then that data and, you know, what lands for people, what connects with your ideal clients, you know, you just want to do more of that. Um, and I just see so many people just stay in that, like, Oh, whatever, I'll just do whatever. And, and then it never identifies with anyone. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think that's what it is. And then I will say this for reels too, big, big mistake, like thinking that, you know, going like popping off and going viral is going to be easy. Um, there are like straight up pros and cons to blowing up. Like yeah. if you are a business owner and you blow up, good luck with your inventory in this market, right? Yeah. That's that's actually an issue, right? Whereas like really steady growth is a huge blessing too. Yeah. And I see a lot of people take that for granted, like, you know, one step at a time with your marketing, your communication, and then scaling your business. That's it. That's favor too. It's not just the people popping off and going viral. Yeah. Mm. Oh man. Okay. I have 5 million questions. Okay. <laughs> so... I'm okay. I'm trying to figure out which one to pick for. Okay. For somebody who is just starting their business, like baby fresh, like I started last month or maybe even last year, but is still like floundering or feels like they're floundering. I like that you said, like, everyone's trying to do everything. What is like, how can they get a handle on their marketing? Like day one or, or, you know, month one, but still floundering. Like how, what would you recommend is like the first step? Oh, I love this. Okay. So if you're baby fresh, then, and this is true for, you know, I would say like phase one, two, three of business, which is up until you're like hiring or outsourcing something, um, in the phases that like I teach. And so when it's just you and you are, you know, one woman or man show, um, look at what your talents are and the things that you can like lean into and then figure out what platform that like, or what platform or like free thing you can do to encounter your ideal client. So I, if someone is so bad at videos and like, we'll just, well, they're not bad, but like will not take a video, maybe reels are not for you. Maybe TikTok is not for you. Let's just be really honest about that. But you're really good at graphic design. Okay, cool. Let's go ahead and pull quotes, create those graphics. And then you like to write to make blogs. So you can really capitalize on SEO and then lean into Pinterest and Google. And then from there, that's, that's a really productive way to use your gifts and talents and hopefully encounter that ideal client. And that's the spaghetti you're going to throw against the wall. I always like to say like one, what you're good at. And then like, I would do one or two things you're good at. And then the third thing should be where the people are. So yeah. if you can get yourself to, you know, create reels or TikTok, cause that's where your ideal client is, then yes, do that. And you may like it more as you see success and fruit from the action. Um, but just do three things. That's mm -hmm. your spaghetti, throw it on the wall, be committed to it for 90 days. And you will have enough data to then from there, figure out what is going to be worth your effort. Mm. Oof, that's good. I also love that you said, you know, the 90 days, not only for the data, but I also think for you figuring stuff out. Like you mentioned, if your people are really on Instagram, like Reels or or TikTok, and that's not necessarily what you think is your biggest strength, you might need to just attempt it and figure out a rhythm, figure out your voice with those, you know, tools and uh, opportunities. And it might take like 60 to 90 days. Like as you were talking, I was just thinking, sometimes it just takes time to figure stuff out. If you've never touched Pinterest before and hearing Ellie say this, you might be confused or overwhelmed or feeling like, I, 
I don't know SEO. I don't know blogging. I've only ever listened to Instagram educators and heard Reels training tips. But sometimes you just have to, A, lean into your strengths, like you're saying, Allie, and B, give it time and, and see what blossoms from you watering and weeding and seeing what comes from that. So I love that. I think that's so good. Allie, what would you say is the average small business owner, the big picture 360 marketing experience? Because like you said, it's not just Instagram. It's not just Pinterest. It's not just ABC. You could list the things out. What do you think a lot of entrepreneurs are not grasping in the 360 degree picture? Totally. Okay. So I'm going to, this goes with what I just said. And then this is going to kind of come at the end of what I'm, the journey we're about to go on when I answer this question, but you should know I made six figures in my service-based business. So my agency before I had a website, because that was not my strength, but referrals were, Mm. and referrals are a part of marketing. Uh Okay. So I want to, I just want to say that really quick too, because like I had to be really realistic once I had thrown that spaghetti on the wall with like what worked. And then I needed, while I was learning on the go to work through my confidence and, you know, my fear of being seen to actually have a website and put myself out there. Um, and so like this marketing is putting yourself out there and it, it can be scary and that is valid, but don't let it keep you from trying different things. Um, and so I'm about to take you guys through and answer Evie's question of like, you know, what, um, for an average small business owner, a 360 marketing experience looks like. Um, and to go there, I'm going to just take you through the 360 degree marketing, like ecosystem. So what that is, Uh and this really the concept of it is for you to understand, um, that like there are a million freaking things that you can do. Okay. So I'm going to list this out and I just want you to like, listen, and some of them will make sense and some won't. Okay. So there are five different parts of the ecosystem. There's strategy. So that's like launching things actively, having a target audience. You're really like tight core messaging and copywriting. Um, your second one is digital. So that's like social media, your website, your SEO, when people search you on Google, um, any ads that you use, you know, your mobile experience, if you're using text messages to your audience. Um, number three is traditional. So that's like your identity, that's referrals, that's retail, that's your packaging, that's anything printed out like cards that you get in bags or, you know, anything like that. Um, bags at conferences, stuff like that is what I mean. Um, and then number four is outreach. So that's like PR or pitching yourself or like walking up to a booth at a trade show and being like, hello, I can help you. Um, and then number five is platforms. So that's like e-commerce platforms, um, you know, places and platforms where you can connect with people, um, asset management, etc. So there are so many ways to market and at a really high level of business, People are using all of those. And the reason I'm telling you this is not so that you're overwhelmed, but it's so that when you get into that comparison cycle and bubble of like, oh my gosh, I don't even understand how, you know, she or that business gets all of these, you know, different inquiries and she's scaling at this rate and she's doing this. I could never go there. I could never do that. Well, it's like, well, you're, you're using what two or three different types of marketing when a really, a more mature company or small business, um, is using 45. Okay. Mm, So I want you to really keep that in mind. Like your job isn't to do all of them. Your job is creation, you know, doing your, your job and your service really well, or, you know, your product really well. And then just understanding that like, you'll scale your company and with that, your marketing scales, Um, and so don't try and do all the things. Um, so that's the first thing. And then secondly, and really most importantly, it is not achievable for you to do that. So give yourself grace and have the vision of what that could look like down the, like down the line. And then just hold down the fort with action that is super doable while remembering again, the big vision and picture as you're building. Um, and I think with marketing comparison is the number one thing that keeps some of the most bright, vibrant voices in our marketplace right now, small 
or quiet. So like understanding that there's a big picture and that you can build your business to whatever level you want. That is also true for your marketing and doing, you know, one or two things really well right now is going to serve you in such a big way. So don't, don't get tripped up on doing everything. Do, you know, the one or two things that are going to move the needle and feel good for you. Oh, okay. Brilliant. First of all, I like that you mentioned, like, don't try all of like every single thing in all five spheres. Right. Um, but can we, can we touch on balance for a second? Like, I mean, like you just said, like marketing overwhelms people a lot. It feels like we have to do, be doing everything. Like everything that you just mentioned, like Instagram, Pinterest, email list, referrals, like platform, like all everything, literally everything. How do you recommend balancing it all? Okay. I love this question. Um, and I, I feel like too, as I answer this, this is so true for you guys. Like for the heart, we don't do everything yeah. right. For all of my clients, yeah. as I show up as a CMO, um, because we market for quite a few different companies. Um, you know, we're not doing all of the things. So everyone has a really unique story. And I, I think it's very important to pay attention to those. So for me personally, um, I do what's best for my business and bottom line, I'm extremely profit driven because profit creates, you know, freedom and oxygen for my business. So I can reinvest in the things that are, you know, really purpose driven for the women I serve. Um, and for the women that serve within my company, all of my amazing employees. So I'm an expert marketer who is brought in by, you know, these industry leaders and companies all over the nation. And I didn't post much in 2021 and I haven't posted much in 2022. I have internal things to build out and a team to train and scale. So I do what is best for my business first. And then with the space I have, you know, as long as I have inquiries coming in, as long as I am scaling the right way and utilizing from that list, what works best for me, I understand that I'm doing the best that I can. And I just like hope that that gives whoever is listening to this permission to understand, like, you're allowed to do that too. Like I could do, I did a viral campaign for Coca-Cola. That's how I got my marketing start. I could do that, but my business couldn't sustain that. And the quality of what I give my clients wouldn't withhold over that time if I was just focused on getting attention all the time. So like there's a really beautiful balance and you're going to know as the owner, you know, what needs to happen for quality control. And then, you know, you'll be able to lead, um, in marketing more specifically and like how much energy you have. And then, you know, you can pay and outsource depending on that as well when you're ready. Oh, I love that. Also, ditto, same. I know, Ali, you and I have had this conversation one-on-one, but I did the same thing. I focused on the back end of my business for a long season and wasn't posting regularly on Instagram and wasn't growing a ton on Instagram, Um, obviously, because I'm not on there a ton, but it's because the bottom line was what I was focusing on and building out was what I was focusing on. So I hope the fact that Ali and I are both sitting here saying that is an encouragement to somebody listening. You do not have to do all things at all times. I feel like you answered this, Ali, but I almost want to like ask you to go back on it again. And, and if you did answer or give us another, uh, angle to it for the person who is listening and is like, okay, I want to focus on one of those five things or two of those five things, or, you know, the five areas or spheres of marketing or all of the opportunities of Instagram, Pinterest, email list, word of mouth, referrals, whatnot. How does somebody go about figuring out what is the best fit for them and what is moving the bottom line in their business or making the most impact? Yeah, totally. So like, I'm going to repeat the question back to you to make sure I understand, like, how do you define what actually works for you? Is that it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it really comes down to like data and analytics. So one, um, when you are, you know, putting effort out in marketing, you're going to want to pick, you know, specific zones that you want to focus in on where you see your ideal client, you know, consuming, um, or hanging out. And then you'll want to figure out and test ways to get in front of them. And then you're going to want to be able to track what works. So if you get someone coming in saying, Hey, I want to work for you. You definitely want to on your intake form or during your sales call, or even after, you know, when you're working with them, ask like, how did you find me? 
Um, and that question is really empowering for you as the business owner, because whatever they say is what you want to double down on. Um, and I would say again, 90 days is a really magical number of being able to like gather data. So figuring out like, where are those zones where you can actually like you know, commit and market and put yourself out there. And then as again, like interest and inquiries come in or sales come in, tracking where they're coming from and then doubling down on that, I think is like really, really key. I see a lot of people stay in business in general. This is true, you know, and in marketing, stay away from data and numbers because it's scary. Right. Especially when we have really big dreams. Like if, if I look at my Instagram posts, this is a good example, I think, and I see, you know, lower engagement than what I used to get. That's scary. That feels like rejection that that's like telling a story for me. And so I don't want to look right. But also if I look at them and I take the emotion out of it, I'm able to see, oh, it's very clear what my audience likes from me now and what they don't like. So, okay. They like more of that. Am I okay with creating that? Yes. Awesome. I'm going to do that. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. and paying attention to, to, because you're a business owner, not just the likes, but you know, the, the inquiries and the flow of interest and the flow of web traffic to your website or wherever it is that people are able to purchase from you. Um, being able to track that is really key because you'll be surprised by, you know, some like lower engagement things or things that you might not think move the needle actually do when it comes to transactions. Yeah. So when you're in the numbers and tracking, you can actually see what is effective and what works um, and feel a lot more empowered in your business. And when you're paying attention to the numbers, you know, you're going to be able to make really thoughtful decisions as the leader of your business. It, it needs data. It needs a leader. And, and it's all up to you to be able to provide that. Oh, okay. I love this. I want to pull out like a takeaway from everything that you just said that I want to point out to the listeners. Um, I heard Ali say like on your contact form or inquiry form or input, whatever you want to call it, whatever industry you're in, make sure one of the options is how did you find me? So that way you can do exactly what Ali's saying is like, go back and double down on wherever they found you because obviously it worked once it can work again. So Ali, is that, did I say that right? Yeah, totally. And I didn't do that for so long. And then when I did, my business was like crystal clear to me. And being able to scale was crystal clear to me. Um, so, you know, allowing yourself to ask those questions and and don't be shy. It's not, I, I think I was like afraid to ask people um, <laughs> for some period of time. And then, you know, when you just ask, it's, it's always really nice. That's called a customer journey. Yeah. Um, and if you're going to be a leader as, you know, someone who owns a business and um, is serving, you know, your clients and your ideal clients, then you're going to want to understand like how they found their way to you because that can better help you, you know, lead them internally and working with you as a journey. You know, it's just an extension of that. So you want a consistent, amazing customer journey that makes sense. And the more patterns you'll see with tracking those, the more you can actually cultivate an environment for those to happen. Mm -hmm. Can I ask a a follow-up question to that, Ali? Oh, heck yeah. When... When you say gather data, obviously you just mentioned like the intake form. When it comes to other data, like somebody maybe not booking you or inquiring with you necessarily or hiring you, purchasing, whatnot, but they have landed on your website or they downloaded a freebie or whatever that is, is there, because I'm, as you're talking, I'm like, okay, data, how do I, uh, okay, do I pay attention to analytics on Instagram? Is that kind of data too? Or is it, and I'm sure there are listeners too who are like, give me more meat on how to collect data and how to read data. Are you down to like nerd out on that for a second? For sure, for sure. And like, yeah, I want to like ground this subject as much as possible. So any of those questions, like bring them on guys. But I would say um, one, I I, to answer this question, I kind of want to start with like, as a business owner and knowing you've done something well, like let's talk about what that experience looks like. Okay. So we're going to start there and then I'm going to take it to like actionably figuring out the data. So like positive data that you could be able to grab as a business owner and like what it could look like externally would be like your ideal client knows 
what you can do for them. So you like see someone at a grocery store and she's like, Oh yeah, I've been following you on Instagram. Like I I actually wanted to book a shoot with you. It's so good. Like she knows what you do, right? That right there is, you know, external validation, even if they haven't booked yet that like, Hey, this is landing, right? An inquiry is like external good data. Um, you know, they want to work with you and they like ask for a collaboration externally, you know, like good data. Um, once someone does work with you, like them becoming a raving fan who refers all of their friends to you, like that's great data externally. Um, and then like internally that could look like, Um, let's see, you can like create from a really clear place of purpose and like share your mission and be like, Ooh, that felt really good. There's seriously something to that. I know that you guys know that feeling. Mm -hmm. Um, so internally being like, this is what I'm here to do. And this is who I help. And Uh that, you know, rolling off your tongue. That's awesome. Um, you feeling like, you know, charisma and like passion for your business. Um, you know, being able to see, bookings close or, you know, products sold, um, over time from your ideal audience that is like internal good data. Um, so anyway, with that, I'm going to talk about like additional data. Cause I feel like those are all like positive in like the customer journey more. So, um, you can look at, you know, people commenting, I'm going to talk specifically about Instagram, um, first, but like people coming in and like commenting and, and being really active users, um, on everything that you're sharing, that could Mm -hmm. be like really great. Right. You also want to be seeing purchases, but in the beginning, as people are starting to conceptualize what you're doing, um, you know, activity and people gathering and like commenting on what you're doing, that is, is good data to bring in. Right. Um, people clicking on your website, people filling out your form, people visiting your cart. So if you have a, a cart attached to your business, where business website, where people can check out, see how many people are landing on that. Um, and then see how many, you know, abandon the cart or like leave that page. Um, that could be a really great thing. How many things am I selling? How many people are interested? What can I do to actually close that sale? It's just getting all the information that sticks in all the different parts of the places people can encounter what you do and how, you know, they can buy from you. And then you figuring out how can I smooth this out is what you actually like do with the data. Does that feel Uh more clear? Yeah. I think yeah. that's good. I was like, oh, okay, a spreadsheet and we need to track these numbers. But I, lo- <laughs> I love that it's even just as simple as pay attention. A, how does it feel to you? B, when you talk to somebody, your ideal customer or whatnot, or when you notice on Instagram is everything just purely crickets forever and ever, you might you know, not be reaching that ideal person who clearly knows who you are, what you offer, and then knows how to get what you offer. So yep. I love that it's as simple as just Literally, like what I'm taking away is pay attention. (laughs) And all that, and it doesn't have to be this like high level Google analytics, like, you know, crazy game. It really is just like listening. It's actually called social listening. So Uh if, is there a buzz? Yes or no. Are there words, you know, is there encouragement? Is there interaction? Um, If not, then, I mean, maybe what your business is needs to get more clear. Um, But a lot of the times, usually when you've created something, you've tested it, you know, you're good at it. You're filling, you know, a specific problem. So it's probably not your business. If there are crickets, it's not you. It's not that you created something dumb. It's that you don't know your ideal client. So Um. keeping that in mind too, like your business isn't bad. Your, your messaging could be. Right. So like, don't take it so seriously, (laughs) just allow yourself to like test. Um, and, and then, you know, when people go off and are like, Hey, this is cool. Cool. Let's do more of that. That is data at a small business owner stage in a beautiful way. So like go where the buzz is. Okay. Okay. This is good. This is great. Photographers listen up. Do you struggle with editing in Lightroom? Are you confused as heck about organizing catalogs, backing up your images, calling takes you actual ages, and editing as a whole just leaves you feeling discouraged and frustrated and maybe bored too? If that is you, consider us a Santa on Christmas morning because we have a completely free Lightroom challenge for you that walks you through everything we just mentioned, including a bunch of tricks and hacks that make editing in Lightroom a million times easier and faster. 
The challenge includes five videos, roughly 30 to 50 minutes each, of Evie and I tackling some of the trickiest topics on editing and teaching you exactly how we use Lightroom to edit drool-worthy photos. We cover our favorite tools within Lightroom that will change your editing game, and we teach you how we import Cole, upload, backup, and catalog our photos in a way that is efficient, fast, and reliable. You don't want to miss this challenge, my friend. And if your editing needs a refresh and you just want to know how we edit our photos, this is the place to be. Sign up and join the challenge at theheartuniversity.com forward slash challenge. One more time, that's theheartuniversity.com forward slash challenge. And we can't wait to see you there. Ladies, are you ready to feel cozy, comfy, chic, and beautiful while relaxing around the house after a workout or before bed or before a good ending to a good date night? (laughs) (laughs) Well, if so, we have a brand for you. Ladies, meet Lunia, restwear to help women skip the old baggy t-shirt and find beauty in the everyday. Lunia's mission is to elevate rest and oh my gosh, do they ever. Lunia is just so dang creative and innovative in their pieces. They've pioneered never-before-seen features and fabrics like washable silk, which, what? So incredible. Patented no-twist waistbands, strategic ventilation, stay-put sleeves, and more. Yes, when we first found this brand, Lindsay and I spent about 30 minutes drooling over their pieces on the website. You will not believe how classy, chic, and comfy their pieces are. Don't take our word for it, though. Go to lunia.co to see for yourself, and don't forget to use our code HEART20 for 20% off. Uh, I want to ask you about ideal customer in a second, but before that, I remember how at the beginning we said we were like very high level bird's eye view. This is a very, very nitty gritty question based on what you just said, but say somebody's doing that data and they're seeing people abandon cart, right? Like, could we like almost mini workshop like that? Ex- like maybe that there's probably a bajillion issues that could come from that, but like people are landing on your site and they're not converting. Yeah. Could you like list a couple of like ideas that someone could be like, well, what, what would I fix if that's my issue? Ooh. Oh, absolutely. Okay. So it depends on what technology you have, right? So if you're a product-based business, um, then I would advise you to look at Shopify and also um, use Klaviyo, which is an amazing uh, email platform. Um, and then, you know, if you are a service-based business, you can use, you know, Squarespace, you can use ShowIt, you can use Shopify if you want. Um, and then you're going to want, you know, an active campaign or a flow desk set up. So it really depends on what technology you have. I'm going to answer this for a product-based business owner. And then I want you guys to actually come up with a um, scenario of like a, a what is it, a service-based owner. Okay. After this. So okay. if you're a product-based business owner and you have Shopify and Klaviyo, um, or even just Shopify, once someone puts, you know, one of your products in the cart, what happens is there are so many distractions happening around people. So lots of people put things in cart and then like, you know, leave. Um, so we need to think about like, what could be the reasons one, they might've forgotten. They might've been doing it while they were on the toilet. Sorry, but it's true. <laughs> Right. And then you like, you're like, Oh crap, I got to go. I have a call. And you like just exit out. So there there's that scenario. Um, so in that scenario, like you would want to remind them. So you could with Clavio actually see what they had in their cart. They put their information in to a degree. Oh, cool. I can actually ping them with an email and say, Hey, you forgot something in your cart. Here is, here it is. We saved it for you. Click here to finish the checkout process right? Um, the next thing. So if they, um, are like, oh my gosh, the shipping is too expensive, which is a really common thing when it comes to product-based, um, businesses, then that's something you could test where you, you ping them to the email, or if they put their, their text message or not their text message, their phone number, and you could send them a text message and say like, Hey, here's free shipping. If you want to go ahead and, and snag what's in your cart. Um, or from there, you could just put, you know, free shipping and, and like eliminate shipping costs for everyone who comes to your site and test that out. Um, and then the third one, and this is the one that always gets me every time someone does this, I always freaking buy. And I think it's out of respect because I know that their tech is up and they are (laughs) looking at their data. Um, they will email or text 
Um, and again, it happens with Shopify and Klaviyo and they will say like, Hey, here's 15% off. It looks like you forgot something in your cart. We want to make sure you get it. And I'm always like, okay. And I test that a lot. And there are a lot of e-commerce businesses that actually do that. So knowing one in the beginning, you probably don't have like all this fancy schmancy technology, but knowing that that data is available if you're using Shopify and mm-hmm. then pulling those emails. And you can even as the founder, like pull all the emails and throw it in a, you know, BCC file or email and say, Hey, you know, don't forget about your, what's in your cart. Like go check it out. Here's a discount. Like that could actually move the needle. Um, and so there are a lot of ways around, you know, something getting forgotten and people being distracted. And I think sometimes owners get nervous to bother people when, when it is a product or a service, a lot of the times people actually need to be bothered and checked in on in order to complete the sale because life is chaos. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Okay. So you wanted us to give you a service-based scenario? Yeah. Like a, (laughs) give me like a photographer or agency owner, something like that. I mean, my first thought is, I mean, it depends on if we're talking about the issue of like, they're not like, I'm thinking a photographer, like they're not getting inquiries at all or the commonality that everyone deals with. They're getting inquiries and then getting ghosted once they respond. I feel like it could be either of those. 100%. Okay. So one, you would look at how many things you want to book for the month and for the 90 days. Cause a lot of the times with a photographer, um, or really any service base, you don't want to book beyond that because your rates could change life happens, etc. So look at like how many different things are on your schedule, how many things you want to be booking. I think that's really important when figuring out what you want to offer them. Um, and I will tell you, it depends on what you feel about like, your offerings or discounting your services. Some people are like, whatever, I just want to book something. I'm totally fine with a discount. Some people aren't. Um, I think it's your business and you should do what feels good for you. So anyway, with that, I would be able to, I would go in and have a process so that every like 72 hours after I've like sent information and felt like, you know, no one has responded, just do a check-in. If you get straight up ghosted, which in my mind as a service provider is around like, seven to 10 days. Um, I would just have it so that every Friday you go in and once you see it over that like ghosting period of whatever that is for you. And if someone aligns with what they filled out with you, whether they've talked to you or not, is kind of different. I know. Um, but whoever it is, um, message with them. And if you know, the questionnaire they filled out aligns with what you want to book and you have space to book, you can hit them with a, Hey, I, I would love to talk with you and, um, just, you know, figure out if we can make this work, please let me know. Um, and I would not discount. I never discounted my services, but I would stalk the person. And if they aligned with who I wanted to fill my books with, I would send them something like a bonus. I have sent more Starbucks gift cards to strangers <laughs> as a photographer than anyone in my entire life. Like <laughs> I should own a large percentage of it <laughs> because there were so many, br- I was a branding photographer who the, those of you who don't know, but, um, if someone would inquire with me and I would feel ghosted, then after the 10 day mark, I would just go in and say like, Hey, I know that business is crazy. And I know that branding can seem like a large mountain to climb if you have any questions, I'm totally here. And I just wanted to send you this because I know in the chaos that caffeine helps. Um, let me know if you want to hop on a call to discuss booking anything, but if not, like I will see you around. I am sure I did so many of those, you guys, and it would, you know, be custom to whoever it was like, Instagram is cool. You can go find where they are, right? And what they're doing. Um, and I booked so many people off of that, just like genuine follow up. Yeah. Um, and so I would say that is that as long as you're not going to feel bitter. Um, and then if you don't have budget for that, if you don't, you know, want to give like that as a bonus, then you can always, um, hit them with minis, um, that you have coming up quarterly or whatever you do with that process, or you can, you know, offer like, Hey, you know, I really liked X about the conversation we had or about your inquiry form. I, you know, looked you up on Instagram. I I'm not a stalker, I promise. And uh, (laughs) I just wanted you to know that like, it would mean a lot to me to be able to capture your love story, this, that, the other. So if you want support, please let me know. And I would love to take 10% off to be able to capture, you know, you and your fiance or whatever that is. Right. So Mm -hmm. I would say, you know, it's, it's very much up to the business owner, what that 
offering is, but whatever feels good for you and is going to keep your work in integrity and you out of burnout while still filling your books, um, you know, that would be a good way to do it. Wow. All right. That's good. I don't feel like you're a product shop or you're a service base. Allie just gave you gold. So there you are. (laughs) Yes. I'm clapping my hands. It's so hard. You know, people, we get shy. I mean, like I get shy with stuff too. Um, And so, and that's okay. Your feelings are super valid, but if you are a genuine human, you know, and you, you, which you are, if you were listening to this, I am absolutely certain you were created to, <laughs> to connect and be genuine. She um, does our, our back end of our heart marketing. So she knows exactly who you are. I was telling <laughs> them. Yeah. Before we started to, to record this, I was like, I probably could write down on a sheet of paper, like the Instagram handle or the email <laughs> of your top 200 people. <laughs> you were always That's like so good. replying. I know I love it so much. Um, but what we started this conversation talking about was that Marketing is creative and charismatic leadership that helps someone find the solution they're consciously or subconsciously seeking, right? So like those two examples are as a genuine human, getting people out of their own way and just saying like, Hey, are you sure you want this or don't want this? I just want to make sure you get a yes or a no. So you don't remember this in two years and think, Oh, dang, I wish I had done that. You know, um, it's just like gently leading them. Oof, it's perfect. I like that you frames it in a ways that's like, I'm all, like, I'm literally sales doesn't have to be sticky. Like it's literally just offering you with something that you want or need. Yes or no. It's not like personal. Yeah, totally. And I think, you know, sometimes we make things personal and that's okay. It's the human experience, but like business is, is it's a yes or no question. Mm. It really is. It's like, hi, can I serve you? Yes or no. If you do not want me to serve you, amazing. Somebody else can serve you and there'll be way more your flavor, right? Um, But it doesn't take away from the, you know, validity of my business or my identity for me to make sure that you're sure about that and just, you know, double check or check in with you. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Okay, Ali, I have a question because... I feel like we've thrown this word around a lot or this phrase around a lot today of ideal customer and find out, you know, know where your ideal customer is hanging out and then meet them there. And, you know, how to, even with those inquiries or abandoned carts or whatever, how to figure out if it's your ideal customer and then follow up with them, whatever that is. How does someone know who their ideal customer is? I know that's a whole other podcast episode. I know that's a whole five-hour conversation and a workshop like topic. (laughs) But can you give us like a simplified or tangible step or anything like that for our listeners to take away today? Oh my gosh, I would love to. And I think this is one of those things where people totally throw that word around. And I, I would say... Gosh, I joined a mastermind in 2018 and I remember they were just, they kept bringing us back to the basics. And I was like, dude, this was expensive. Can we talk about like how to get to Mars or something? Like I want (laughs) to know like the sexy stuff. Right. And then I've realized as I've been able to scale business after business that like every new level of your business, every offering of your business, you know, every thing that you're doing within your business has like a different iteration of that ideal person that you're serving. Um, and you know, they're, they're all the, they need to be clear for you to be clear. Um, Mm. and someone can't be like, Hey, like who me, if you don't say their name, you know? Um, and so like, you can't get their attention without understanding like who they are. Um, so I would say like one, keep that in mind because I have like, it went right over my head for so many years where I was just like, I literally don't care. I'm just out here trying to build a business, but without the ideal person, your business is a hobby because no one's buying from you. So within that, I would say, um, one, knowing their age, gender, um, a lot of the times, like where they live, what their main issue is, um, you know, different things that are commanding their energy. Like, do they have kids? Do they have a home? Are they married or not? Like, are they a primary caregiver for their parents? Um, like those are all things that are really important to know. Um, what's their annual income? So you know how to price out what you're doing and make sure it makes sense for them. Um, you know, what, what is the thing that they need from you? Like, what's the pain point? Um, so the thing that, you know, makes them think about what you can do. Um, 
And I think the the most important questions that I like to ask are what recently happened that made this person search for information as it relates directly to what you offer. So we talk about, you know, a product-based business as an example. Um, If they are looking for, I'm trying to think, the clapper, like for the (laughs) lamp, right? Um, Maybe they were super tired of in the morning not being able to find the toggle because they sleep with blackout curtains. So they're like, hey, is there any way for me to turn on a lamp in the morning without having to do that? Well, yeah, there is. And it was annoying to them. So maybe the clapper is right for them. We need to use that language, right? Um, If you're a photographer, then, well, they probably got engaged or, you know, they built a business and they need new pictures for their new offering. Um, Whatever it is, you need to know like, hey, what happened so that they are looking for you because that's going to help you with messaging and marketing. Um, And then also the, the other question I love to ask is, what did this person already try that didn't work? And is the reason he or she is coming to you? Um, and for that, it's like, okay, as a photographer, like they tried iPhone photos and they're not as beautiful as the ones that they saw their friends take and they want to be able to feel really beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, and they want to be able to cherish pictures forever. Um, that could be one thing. Or if we're going back to the clapper, like, wh- you know, what did they try? Well, they tried, you know, to, to use the lamp with that really annoying toggle that they couldn't find in the morning. Okay, cool. Well, what is the solution they need? You're that solution, right? So being able to know that is really cool for messaging, but I think it takes it a step farther actually um, by you knowing why you are doing this and who it is for, you have a lot more confidence and confidence is so contagious in business. It's so contagious. Mm, uh. So like if you if you're talking to literally like nothing, And on your Instagram story and you just like are imagining that you're talking to a phone, it's pretty hard to talk to a phone, isn't it? It feels uncomfortable and awkward. But if you know you have all your friends and your family and, you know, potential ideal clients and all the people you get to serve who are watching and you are watching them, you know, when you're watching their stories, it's really easy to talk on your Instagram story. This is very similar, but this is the way you can do that for your offering. Yeah. That's Ooh. so good. So good. Okay. My, my question now is what are most business owners just not understanding about marketing psychology and how it works? Because I think there's a psychological element that, I mean, they're obviously half of like marketing is psychology, like understanding how the human brain works. What are people like missing in that? Oh my gosh. Okay. I love this question. So one, it is not about you. It is not about you. It is about them and how you are serving them. And if they are a right fit and if you can change their life or make their life better. So we need to make sure that is very clear. Like this is not about you, mm-hmm. but when you know that and you walk that walk and you are serving them and you are using language that connects with them, you and your personality and your unique flavor are the bonus points that everybody forgets about. And when they find those bonus points and you live it out and you walk the walk that aligns with what they're looking for, you are the one they pick always, hands down. Nobody can copy you. Unless you have a patent in a business, everybody can copy your business. But if you have a strong understanding of who you are as you know the business owner and you know you are serving and that business is for them, you are going to have that like charisma that leads your industry. Oof. Oh, that is so good. Okay. Okay. I almost want to ask you to give us another one. Do you have another thought on marketing? I was like, I was like, I want you to keep going because yeah. we, we all nerd out on marketing psychology. And yeah. I feel like you have good stuff of like, what is one more thing in marketing psychology that you want a listener to take away today? Gosh, I would say when it comes to it, like people just want to be seen and known. Mm. Like we just we just all want to be seen and known. And I think this is, so if you don't know me, then, you know, this is a whole other thing. But one time when I started this agency, um, I had like this incredible crisis. Like it was like an existential crisis, you guys, because I could not figure out, um, my faith is extremely important to me. And I could not figure out if marketing was biblical. And I would just like run in circles trying to figure out like, 
by promoting something and getting people to want it, if they didn't know they wanted it before, am I not a good leader or am I confusing people or am I deceitful, et cetera, et cetera. Right. And anyway, it was within that like broadening period of my life of me trying to figure out you know, why God had given me like the gift of marketing, um, and like why all of us needed to market if it wasn't biblical or if it didn't feel like sound, um, that I just realized that like, it's actually a really big gift when you have the right heart posture. And then in that posture, you know, you get to see and know people. And there are so many people who will never buy anything from me on Mm -hmm. average, Um, in like your lifetime as a business owner, 10 to 15% of people will buy from you. So there there are 85, 90% of people who will know who you are, know what you do and never buy from you. Um, But you get the opportunity to like, let them feel seen and known and like they belong because they do. And I think that's the magic of the marketplace in business, not the money that you make. And remembering that and like living in that, I think really sets apart businesses and business owners and more than anything, like really helps people and like makes life a lot better. Yes. I mean, people I can, love that. People can feel that too. That's the, yeah. the thing. They can tell if you're in it for you and using them or if you're in it for them and there to serve them. Like people can it's tell. It's so true. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it's so true. And I felt that. I know that you guys have too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just being able to make someone feel seen and known and like safe um, to the best of your ability. Like what a cool way to steward the business that God's given you. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. I have, sorry to cut up the sob fest, but uh, I have a a tea filled question. So whenever we had uh, like our team members, like on the podcast, we always ask them this question and you're technically like, like an outsourced team member, but like you're like a team member in theory, right? Um, yes. Because you handle all, like all of our marketing. So what we asked them was like, what's the best and worst part of working with us? Um, and this is like time to spill the tea. Like you can be 100% honest. <laughs> oh my God, guys, I wish you could have seen my face. I My mouth just like dropped. I did not expect you to ask that. I love that. Um, okay, the best and worst part of working with you guys. So I'm going to start with the worst so we can end on a good note. Great. So I would say, okay, do like collectively, I would say, oh, I mean, there's, I love working with you guys. <laughs> I think Lindsay, you ask questions and, <laughs> yes. and when you ask me questions, like you could ask me like, Allie, where is the toilet paper roll? And I would, <laughs> and I know it's like under the sink, right? <laughs> but the way that you ask my heart stops. <laughs> It is like the gravity of the earth shifts when you <laughs> ask questions. And I'm always like, are you okay? Like, at the end. <laughs> and so I would say that. Um, and then every, oh my gosh, uh, I would say like you, I mean, you're just like a fairy that just like flutters around, just like a little heavenly angel who just like flutters around. And sometimes I'm like, Evie, get in the house. We have work to do. We have work to do. Um, You guys, like I am such an integrator and you guys are like both integrators and visionaries. I mean, obviously everyone is, but it like cracks me up because like, I feel like you guys are like running around and playing and I'm like, okay, this is really fun. (laughs) Let's focus. Um, So anyway, I think the dynamics of that are hilarious. And that's amazing. I know it makes me so happy. Um, and then, okay. My favorite part. I mean, I just, you guys just have like the best hearts and I just like, just really believe in the heart as a whole and, you know, the vision you have for it long-term. And so it just is, it is really amazing to, you know, work with people that you like prayed existed. So you guys, you guys are the real deal and I will always be behind you no matter, you know, what, and I know that I'm not alone in feeling that. So I think those are, those are my, the best and worst parts. <laughs> oh, oh I gosh. love that so much. Also, that's, I, so know. I saw Lindsay's face though. I don't think she's ever heard anybody tell her that about questions, but it is, it is literally the most accurate thing. Well, I'm talking about like the tone. Cause KG yeah. told me that of like, of like, I give harsh criticism because I'm not even criticism, just like 
everything I'm thinking immediately comes out of my mouth. 100%. I don't think it's, it's just, I know we've said this to you before, like you'll be processing and it'll sound like that, but it's, it's also with your questions. Like Allie, you'll be like, okay, the, the grass is green. And you'll be like, why? Why is the grass green? And you'll say it in such an intense way that it's like, it's so, it's, it, I, Allie, even when she's doing it to you, my heart stops. I'm like, oh no. And I would like start panicking and I'm like, how can I'm- I? <laughs> I am literally going to need y'all to put, give me like an exact example. Cause I don't, other than like a tone of just processing, I don't know when I ask questions. Yes. Ne- okay. <laughs> well, this is literally turning into like a, a friend child therapy session. I straight up, I'm going to have like Maddie and Christina, my team members take <laughs> a selfie video, like doing their best impression of <laughs> Lindsay asking questions yes. and I'm going to do it. And I think we should just all collectively as a team, because like you need to yes. see what we see. That's amazing. Yes. Please do that. Please do that. <laughs> oh it is oh so my gosh. Good. It's so oh. good. But you guys, like your personality types, when I take the Enneagram, I get a tie between a three and a seven. And I think I live really as an eight, realistically, my eight's one point under, but like you guys are a three and a seven. And I feel like you are like the angel and the devil, but you're both (laughs) angels on my shoulders. And when I watch you, I'm like, it's like, it's like me being two humans. Exactly. And so it's so fun Uh, to watch. It's It's a great combo. It's it's really (laughs) good too, because I feel like you can you also sometimes see and and understand where Lindsay and I are both like how both of our brains are thinking in a specific moment as we're brainstorming something or working through a bunch of nitty gritty stuff. So we love having. Oh, wait, okay, wait, I have, I have, I literally can think of on the literal last team meeting. I'll I'll like, like when I asked, cause I was out of office and I asked about like a promotion that we're an affiliate for and, and the team was like, oh, that didn't happen. And I was like, why? Yes. Like, yes. But, like, but yes. and then, and, it, and it was like, oh, it's fine. We just forgot or whatever. And I was just sitting there like, this cannot happen. One hundred percent. I know. Yeah. Well, when it happened, I was like, you know, I didn't even really hear about that, but <laughs> that's for sure our bad, you know. <laughs> but like, Lindsay may kill us. Yes. I know. I was gonna say that's literally an example of of the aggressive challenge that Lindsay had in that moment. And I was sitting there. I knew what had happened behind the scenes and that one of the team members had had COVID and like intensified because I just wasn't in office. Yes. Yeah. So I knew what had happened, but I also knew like subtly it was a mixture of your team's fault, Allie, but also like our team's fault. And one of our team members dropped the ball on something and whatnot. But so I didn't want to make anybody on the call feel bad. I was like, what's done is done. It's been handled. I've talked to the person. It's all good. We're re- rectifying the situation. But Lindsay was like, why? <laughs> we need to make that not happen again. Can somebody please explain to me what happened in this situation? And I was like, oh, shoot. Uh, no, Lindsay. I was not that rude. I had more grace and love in my voice than what you just said now. That, oh, that's how oh. I interpreted it. Allie, did you okay. interpret it the same way? Okay. We'll get like, okay, so we have like our, the intensity intensity from Lindsay and then like our fairy Evie and then I'm an eight. And so I was like, well, I mean, if we're going to go in, I'm ready, you know? And then, and then it was like, I didn't interpret anything. I was like, oh, cool. Okay. I was, I was on my honeymoon. So homegirl didn't know, but we'll figure it out. (laughs) I was blameless. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, but also like, I'll own it. So anyway, I thought it was funny. I mean, you... You do not scare me, Lindsay. It's like not scary. It's just like bone chilling. Well, because you're, you're an eight. You're an eight. Like you can handle anything. Totally. So it's bone chilling. <laughs> or or when or when uh when Rachel, our assistant, was talking about like her son's southern name, and I went off like on okay, I'm seeing my son now. Okay. <laughs> I was like, why? Why did you have two names? No, you guys, she was, we were on this call and Rachel is very Southern. I live in the South. Um, And she's talking about how her, what her kid and her husband's dad or whatever have, they're like uh, the family name where you get called Trey. You're like the third or the fourth. And Lindsay was just not having it. I think that's stupid. And why do you guys have two names? And we were all like, this is uh this is bigger than us, Lindsay. We are not sure. <laughs> we cannot answer that question for you. <laughs> yeah, I love it. All right, this is so fun. Slaughtering me on my own podcast. <laughs> we no, love you. It's it's that aggressiveness too that like 
gets shiz done and is very, yeah. you, you think things through your powerhouse. So it's, it's sometimes okay. funny to be on the other end of it in real life <laughs> moments, but stuff this is good done. learning for me that I need to sprinkle my words with grace. It's, no, oh, girl, you're, you're good. Oh, we all, we love you. My whole team would wear a like t-shirt with your face on it. We think it's awesome. <laughs> You also, guys, just so everyone knows, we have like very intense approval processes and we will send something on Slack to Lindsay that would usually take someone about five to seven business days and she'll send it back in like 32 seconds. Completely finished. And my, and my creative director will call me and be like, is she on cocaine? Like, <laughs> Well, how did she physically do that? Like, it is, okay, okay. we are obsessed with you. Okay, that that might be changing because I'm just straight off a sabbatical and I'm like learning to balance and not be this. But th- that what you have just said is literally the product of my Enneagram three. If something is on my to do list, the faster that it's off, the better because then it's just out of my hair and a big fat checklist is on my plate now. It's amazing. You know? Yeah. Anyway. I love it so much. Okay. Wait, Ellie, we have one, well, one more question before we ask you like to drop all your links and everything. Uh, we've started and by started, I mean, literally one other podcast. So this is podcast number two. <laughs> we what, we started asking our guests, which Lindsay came up with this, and this is the most brilliant. Well, I'm like, why have we not been doing this? Literally, literally. Just, like been like talking to the best people on earth to give us book recommendations. Like that's just so smart. Why have we not been? Like, doing how this? have we not thought of this before? Especially with both of us being oh. the biggest book nerds. So, Allie, what is a favorite book that you have read recently? Oh my gosh, I love this. Okay, so John Wooden, A Game Plan yes. for Life. Yeah. The power of mentoring. Literally yes. the most, I look, well, okay. My husband is obsessed with John Wooden. Um, but he's so good. He is. He's just, you guys, he's the best. Yeah. I feel like he's my grandfather. I've just read all his books though, but he is it's called he, a game plan for life. I'm ready. Yes. To it's so good. It's really, it's all about the power of mentoring mm. and you know what, how we mentor and how we lead people is the most important legacy we can leave. Mm. You know, we do that with our communities. We do that with our kiddos, like everything. So I love his perspective and his, um, just his story and the way he lived his life was incredible. So wow. good. That's I love good. That. Okay. Well, Allie, now where can everyone find you, stalk you, hire you, all the things? Oh yeah. Okay. So, um, my name is Allie Cyrus now. Um, so you can find me at right up your alley, a double com or Malibu media.co. So those are my two businesses. Um, and we will have them in the show notes. I think that's how it works. If not, yes. type it in on Google. It works. We have <laughs> SEO too. Um, so that's the best place. I have my own podcast. It's called the right up your alley show with the a double L double E. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's just a party over here. You guys, this Heck is, yeah. this is the level of intensity that is me at all times. I'm, <laughs> I'm a sleeper. I'm like this. So buckle up. <laughs> it. It's true. We can uh, affirm. Allie, you are the best. Thanks for coming on and chatting with us and uh, being in our corner and being one of our besties. We love you very much. Oh, love you guys. Thank you for having me.